the spice in it. There it is. Really? Okay. He wants a response. He wants a reaction. No one really cares. No one really cares. No one really cares. No one cares. No one cares. Nobody cares. No, you? No. No one. No one actually cares. Nobody. None. No one. Welcome back, everybody, to the latest episode of No One Really Cares, the No One Really Cares podcast, or if you want to shorten it up, you can say Nork, the Nork podcast, for no one really cares, and my guest is laughing at me (laughs) for trying to create this acronym for my podcast, and I'm, you know what? (laughs) You didn't run this idea by me. It's my podcast. I do what I want here. And that's actually the, the way I abbreviate it because I don't want to type out no one really cares every time I write my ideas down. But I digress. We're going to be talking about change today. But first, I have to introduce myself. My name, uh, no one really cares. And I'm with... Damn, I didn't think about this one. <laughs> That's good. We're with I Didn't Think About This One. And today we're going to be talking about symbolic achievements in relation to change for social issues, most specifically for the Black Lives Matter movement. It's going to be a little bit more serious compared to my last episode on quarantine dating. So we're, we're going to try to navigate through this conversation and just speak our opinions. No research really needed, just opinions. So, yeah. It's been, what, like a month since the George, month or two since George Floyd. And a lot has happened, would you say? Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I wanted to talk about. What has happened? In my opinion, a lot of symbolic things have happened. A lot of symbolic achievements. For example, the Washington Redskins, right? They're changing their name or they're, in, they're having a review to change their name. Because, frankly, it's offensive. I mean, it's literally a racial slur, right, for a football team. And we've just accepted it for years. But, nevertheless, they're changing the name, right? But what is the Washington Redskins really doing to the causes and to actually help the community besides just changing their name? To me, it seems like a symbolic achievement rather than actual progress. And so for us to have this talk... We probably need to define a little bit what a symbolic achievement is, right? Don't you think? Sure. So in this case, we're going to define it as taking down a statue, a company releasing a statement. Hell, even the Democrats kneeling on Capitol Hill in their kente cloths. These things are symbols. But what are they doing? What's your take on it? Do you think that these are steps in the right direction? Or do you think that they're just doing these things to say that they've made progress and they're actually acting upon these things, but aren't really going to do anything about it? To bring it back to football and the Washington Redskins, I wonder what they, what someone who feels offended by the term would feel like. I wonder if it's symbolic to them or if that means something more to them. Hmm. Yeah, and I recently just... For example, I recently just watched a TikTok, right? This is my educational source, people. I'm very educated. I watched a TikTok, and there was a Native American person explaining why he actually didn't mind the name of the Washington Redskins. He said, well, it's us 
it's them preserving our culture. And if we don't have that, then we don't really have anything. And most of the Native American community doesn't really care. And I was scrolling through the comments. People were praising it. And I see his point. That's a good perspective. It's interesting that he says that they're glorifying it. But do you think that us, as not Native Americans, should have a say in these matters? Or do you think that it should be left up to them? Because frankly, I don't think anyone even asked any Native Americans if they can name a, an entire team off of what frankly seems like a racial slur. Right. I think you're right. I think it matters what they think. I don't think this is really a topic that we can really weigh in on, like, our feelings with that, like, actually matter, you know? Hmm. Like, I've seen a lot of people who have been saying, like, online, like, well, I can't really accept this apology from whatever brand because I'm not black. It doesn't affect me. Like, what do people of this population think? So I think that we can relate that back to this, too. Hmm. And to, like, stay along the football topic, when it comes to, you know, the symbolic actions, let's take, like, Colin Kaepernick, for example, when when he kneel, when he knelt, I mean, owners were pissed. And when he was released, quote unquote, for like performance, even though we all knew what it was, he still couldn't get a job. But now they formally apologized. The NFL, Roger Goodell himself apologized. And it seems almost convenient timing, in my opinion, that all these organizations are trying to like cover up and be on like the right side. Of history what do you think I think it's tough because I think if they choose not to be on the right side of history so to speak I think it will only hurt them for a short while but I also think that a step in the right direction is a step and I think people need to realize that change is ongoing and small steps can lead to big things I think it just gets tricky because you don't know what the real intention is if it's to save their ass or to actually mm. keep moving forward. So you're kind of bringing up something that I I like to think about, whether it's intention versus like the result. So this is a question that I asked a couple of my friends like a couple of months ago. Is specifically for like advertising diversity, right? So I feel like recently we've seen a lot more minorities in advertisements, for example, promoting products, right? And my question was, do you think that companies are doing that now because they want to show diversity or do they know, or is it because that they probably feel that it seems a little bit more like pandering, to be honest. And I, in my opinion, I just feel that a lot of companies that will do make these sort of statements or hell even put a person uh, or show people of color in their advertisements are not doing it for the right reasons. They're doing it because they want the money. Does it matter? Because the result is diversity in, in media. I think a lot of people who, well, as someone who might be an advertisement for a product <laughs> as a black woman and does this sort of on the side, I've seen a lot of conversation like within comments and stuff is like, okay, the representation is here, what's next? So I think people are recognizing it as a step. And I think as someone who might be reached out to by companies, I make sure that there are steps behind whatever they're asking me to do. I don't want to just be a face so they can say, I'm. A, we have a black person on mm. our page today. Like, I need to know, like, what other things are in the works and what else they're doing. So I think that... People care about representation, but they also care about what's behind it. So, yeah, I think you're right. I think it's a mix of both. 
It can be saving your ass or saving my ass and making change. So it seems that you personally want to hold the people accountable. Yeah. Instead of just saying, hey, you're not gonna you you're not gonna get the privilege of using me as an advertisement to show that you're progressive or that you have diversity. It, you you're gonna hold them accountable. I'm not going to promote your product unless I can actually see that you're doing these things to help us. Right. So I think that's that's something maybe a lot of other people should do. Hell, I mean, the more we hold businesses and the more we hold people accountable, the more progress we're going to f- see. Right. I think that's good. But how do we do that, though? Besides just saying, hey, I'm not going to do it unless you actually do something about what's going on. What do you think would be like a good way for more people to do it? Spreading the word? Yeah, I think word of mouth is powerful. I think that's obvious in like the work that I do on the side. But also, um, there's been really influential people, especially in the beauty industry, that have like demanded action from companies. And those people have a lot of followers that support them. So I think it's going to take those people standing up and demanding these things. And they're the ones that like don't really, they see through the bullshit. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a start. So I might be putting you a little bit on spot with this question, but what do you what would you like to see done by people in charge in general? A lot of us, and especially me, who have been pretty passionate about these social issues for a while, I'm not sometimes I'm not even certain I know what I want. For example, defunding the police, systemic racism. What do we really do about these things? Do you think it's even should be left up to us? Sometimes I'm scared if people might do a little bit for it, say we've done a lot for it, and then we're never going to go back to the problem. For example, right after the George Floyd death, a few weeks, it might have been a couple weeks, Donald Trump signed that bill for police reform. Hell, I don't even know what the hell is in it. <clears throat> is it going to work? Is it just something he signed to say, okay, now I'm like, get off my back? These are things that I think about. So what would you like to see be done? Do you know what you would want to be done? I don't think I do know necessarily what I want to be done. I think generally I care more about people changing themselves. Like I think change starts, you have to believe in what is happening in order for it to like make an impact and like keep going. Because if you don't believe it, if you don't change within yourself and you're making actions towards change, you may not really actually adopt it. Like we might have a lot of things happen but if people aren't changing the way they think, the way they feel, it doesn't really matter. It starts within, huh? It starts with people themselves. So it seems a little bit more cultural rather than policy from what I'm hearing from you. Yeah. I mean, for me, it is. I care more about like what my circle of people think than really the people outside of me. Because right now, those people don't matter to me. I need to change my sphere of influence then they can change theirs, and then it just works up from there. Well, on the flip side, though, what about people who have opposing viewpoints as you who want that same thing, who would rather have the people in their circles feel the same way as they do about certain issues? And doesn't that create echo chambers? I think it can. I think, personally, I've experienced people who think very differently than I, but at the same time, like, we want the same thing. 
And that's kind of, it's tough for me because sometimes I'm like, well, I don't understand how you can believe that this is right, but we also think the same way this way. So I think it's just really complicated and complex. Yeah, I would agree. But I definitely agree with you that it needs to be started. It needs to be within. I don't think it has to all be policy changes. I think it needs to be cultural as well. But I do think there are certain things that I would concretely like to see to be done, like qualified immunity. Do you know what that is? Does that, okay. Qualified immunity is basically the protections that police officers have, right? So if they basically murder someone, or if there's not any real reason for them to have done it, and people are asking for justice and people, and they take them to court, there's no precedent for like a cop having shot someone in the past and then been charged guilty from it that they can use as a case for them to put up this newer cop who's done it mm-hmm. for them to say like, okay, well, since it's the same as this case, then they can do that. That's basically in a, I hope I explained it well about what qualified immunity is. So basically since no one's ever been guilty of it before and charged and went to prison, the rest of them can't be guilty and charged and gone to prison, which I think is Right. ludicrous and another one more thing there have been instances where it was like that but since it wasn't the exact same circumstances it still doesn't count so if someone was shot in a ditch versus shot in like a river it doesn't it's not the same and they're like oh well, he was shot in a ditch oh he was shot in a river they're not the same case therefore there's no qualified immunity there, there's there's qualified immunity case goes on they, they would treat it as if it's like a legit separate case as if that mattered but yeah, yeah. what were you saying sorry no, that's interesting just because, like, if it's just a regular person, they'll take something that's maybe similar but has a lot of different, like, circumstances, and then you still might be guilty for it as far as precedent goes. It's a, it, when, you're in a, when you are in a position of power, it seems that, yes, you have the qualified immunity. But, I would, but all of these problems that we seem to getting us riled up about, these murders... We're not seeing any change because of qualified immunity. In addition to more things. So I definitely want to see qualified immunity gone. Uh, Something needs to happen about that. In addition, there's more to systemic racism than like police brutality. I mean, there's a lot more to it. So we've talked about culture. We've talked about policy. Do you think there's anything else that needs to be done for us to move forward as a society? I know that's a pretty heavy question to be asking my my very immature (laughs) podcast. But what do you think? Um, I think education is important. I think, like, speaking personally, someone who grew up around a lot of white people and at from a very young age and being very naive to comments or actions that might be, might have been taken or spoken against me. And I didn't know that those things weren't okay. Mm-hmm. And then it took me until college And being a student leader and learning about microaggressions and really anything else that would help me make sure I'm treating another student the right way, it was ridiculous that I was learning that in college. And it made me, like, sit back and think, oh, so, like, in kindergarten, Mm -hmm. when some girl made fun of me for my hair, that wasn't okay. Yeah. Like, so I just think education for these types of things needs to start earlier. And I also think that There needs to be, like, some sort of, like, I don't want to call it a training, but, like, as a student leader and as someone who's going to work with students in the future, I have sat through several trainings on how to make sure I'm speaking about people with disabilities the correct way and how to treat them 
Same with like the LGBTQ plus community. Like I know a lot about pronouns and how to approach them and just being more tolerant of people that are different than me. But as I sit through those trainings, I'm like, why is there nothing to train people on how to treat me? Wow. So I think you've talked about two things, right? Education and then execution, right? Social execution, if you want. How they're, one is people might not be informed. And then the second is they might be, a, they might be informed wrong and then they're acting upon it in those microaggressions, right? So maybe on the education side, people need to understand that certain things are not okay. And then socially, they need to think, they need to learn that you can't say these types of things or why even ask it? What's the point? And what I've learned about microaggressions in my limited experience, just from the examples I've heard or things that I've read upon them, it's usually not because they're trying to mean well. It's like they're trying to be like over on you, you know? It's a backhanded compliment. Yeah. But sometimes it's unconscious. Like sometimes people really don't intend that. They just say that because they might have heard somebody else say it, I feel like. Mm-hmm. It, I don't think that they really are thinking about how, like how that statement will impact someone. Like, their intent was good, but the impact was negative. So, yeah, there's a lot that needs to be done. A lot of it seems to be needs to be done by us, and we need to hold each other accountable, too. And then there are certain things that need to be done by people in power. So I thought this was pretty good, would you say? <laughs> yeah. We're, we're, like, a little bit more aware of the problem than we were before. So I appreciate everyone who sat here and listened. Um, I hope you guys got a little bit of perspective and learned from someone else's story. And I hope you guys feel that change is coming. And if not, hold the people who are accountable so that this stuff can happen and be better. Thank you guys for listening to another episode of No One Really Cares. I hope you are enjoying your journey with me as we navigate through a variety of topics and guests. And I hope you learned a thing or two. Directed by No One Really Cares. Produced by No One Really Cares. Written by No One Really Cares. Edited by, you guessed it, No One Really Cares.